Hello, and welcome to Dear Adam Silver, a show about sports, art, and the creative space they share. My name is Abigail Smithson, and as always, I am your host. On today's podcast, I got to speak with Miriam Amir Bagefi. She is the Assistant Director of Exhibitions uh, at the School of Art at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville, and that's also where she received her Master's of Fine Art. And she is just an incredibly adventurous artist and just takes on new mediums without a second thought uh, and really produces in a way that is really inspiring uh, without getting sort of stuck in one in one place or with one one tool. Um, she's originally from Iran, and uh, we spoke a lot about her sort of figuring out how to make effective work about her experience and her identity, her cultural identity, her um, in this new place uh, in Fayetteville, and and all of that, and how her her work relates to American culture. So. Yeah, it was great, and I really hope you all enjoy it. Please share, please rate and review the podcast, and subscribe, share with anyone that you think is interested in this show, and um, yeah, enjoy. Today's episode of Dear Adam Silver is brought to you by Bookman's. Bookman specializes in entertainment exchange and is a cultural center point in Tucson, Phoenix, Mesa, and Flagstaff. Not only can you find your favorite book, you can get your guitar repaired, pick up a record, and even attend a ukulele jam session or participate in a Super Smash Bros. tournament. Seriously, Bookman's has it all. Visit bookmans.com and click on events for more information. And remember, Bookman's has cool covered. So I think my first question comes from this place of understanding that where we come from can define our work, and that can be something that, our artwork as artists, and that can be something that is really obvious or is more sort of under the radar but still there. And I think that in your artist statement that I read, it seems like you're really sort of embracing where you come from and how it plays a role in your artwork. And I was wondering if you could talk about that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm from Iran. Uh, Iran is a, is a well-known for good things and bad things at the same time. And when you migrate to another country, automatically people just see your nationality and they just put away all of the things that they know about your art and your artworks. And it can be have a good effect and bad effect on your work at the same time. The good effect is that it, it's part of my work. It's, my nationality is part of me. And maybe it won't be the first thing that comes to your mind when you look at my work. But if you read my artist statement, if you look at more work, you will realize that, okay, um, maybe not exactly wrong, but I'm from a Muslim country in Middle East because I have some sign there. And it's not something that I want to hide it. But at the same time, the negative, I mean, aspect of that is that people just want to look at you from that point of view. And that's the thing that they are waiting to see from you. I mean, new generation of Iranian people, in, I mean, around the world, they are trying to change that view. Mm-hmm. But still, people have this idea that if you are from Middle East, 
specifically if you are from Iran, your work has to talk about this specific subject. Mm-hmm. And your imagery has to be in this category. That it makes it really hard because as an artist, I want my nationality to be part of my work, but I have other things to talk about it. it. It's not just my nationality, but always we see this pressure from people that, oh, you're from Iran, why I don't see any sign about hijab in your work? And I just say that it is in my work, but it's not just the first layer. Sure. Yeah. And what do you, so besides a hijab, what are other th- expectations you feel like are placed on you that by making work about, you know, that it seems like when we have a certain idea of who someone is, we we have expectations about what they should be producing, it, at least in the art world. It's like, you know, yeah. you're from this place. That means that you care about these issues and that you make this type of work that speaks to them. Um, and that's a very limiting way of understanding how people actually are and actually exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think... What are some of the other sort of expectations that you felt like you've had to, um, besides the hijab, that you've had to kind of dispute through your own artwork? Like the idea that making artwork about something that is not expected of you or maybe not accepted to some extent is like even, you know, revolutionary or political in like a personal sense. Yeah, I mean... A lot of time I make fun of it because I'm a person whose humor is part of my work. <laughs> but mm-hmm. a lot of uh, part time I make fun of it that uh, I make fun of it because it's sad. <laughs> right. And I need to make fun of it that I can deal with it and I can tolerate it a lot of time. If I want to describe it for you, I have to say that these, I mean, waiting things from me divided to two things. One of them is imagery of my work. Another way is subject matter in your in my work. The imagery is something that I mentioned, like hijab, like Persian calligraphy, like the flag of my country, or I mean these things that people are familiar with that. And the subject matter, they, they are waiting to see me, I mean, as an other. Mm-hmm. That's the best way that I can describe it. As an other that they wants to feel bad for that person. <laughs> Wow, yes. That like, oh, we are here to support you. I mean, I a lot of time I really appreciate it. But at the same time, it, you don't feel good that you always are that other person. Mm-hmm. That they, they, just, they just look at you as a different person. and Or they are waiting to see some specific things from you. For example, one of the maybe simplest way to describe it was that basketball is part of my work. And you can see a lot of basketball imagery in my work. And the reason is that because I'm a short person mm-hmm. and I tried to be a basketball player, <laughs> but it was a full failure. <clears throat> and I hear a lot that why basketball? Basketball is an American sport. Why you don't do things about wrestling? I mean, and it just makes me confused. I just say that imagery is a thing that everybody can use that. I mean, and you just look at me and trying to convince me that basketball is not, shouldn't be part of my work because I'm not American, that's, uh, I mean, these are really simple things that you face with it a lot of time. And you are not sure that it should be your reaction. At the same time, I know that they are trying to communicate with my work. But the other hand is that it looks like that you have a a small point of view about something. And instead of, I mean, 
learning a little more, know a little more. You are trying to put all of that, I mean, artists' ideas work on that point of view. Try to look at it just from that point of view. But in general, yeah, it just divided to the imagery of my work that I use. I mean, I have ice skating images, mm-hmm. I have basketball, I have soccer. Yeah, and but, diving. Yeah. I really uh, love but, the diving but, ones, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but people are just waiting to see some specific things that they feel that my, uh, the, the, I mean, my country is well-known, for example, in mm-hmm. wrestling, in soccer. But they don't realize that a lot of times just an image or me personally, I can say most of my work is autobiographical work. But when they look at your work, they are trying to know details about everything that is related to your nationality. And it just makes it a little weird because you just think that if I was an American artist, will you still try that much hard mm-hmm. to just read my work in another way? And I, I think that there is power in finding sort of some other vet as far as storytelling goes, to tell your story in a less direct way or a less obvious way sometimes. So sort of using other non-obvious pathways to communicate your experiences is so much, can be, I think, and most often is so much more interesting than um, the, the obvious symbols. Exactly, yeah. Symbolic things is something that people loves it. And the thing that I always ran away from that. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that, I mean, I have I have issues about, at least in my mind, I have issues about gender, political, social activity. I mean, winner, loser, I have all of these things in my mind. But for me, it's like a layer mm-hmm. at top of each other. And always I feel that if my nationality would be the first layer, people don't think about the rest. Because that's the first thing that catches their attention and they look at it and it's done. Right. And is is the thing that I'm always afraid of that I try to, I don't say hide it, but it's like a game for me that people has to look at my work a little more to discover different things than that. Like, I mean, a lot of the images that I use are from, I mean, Iranian soccer matches or for women, but I'm trying to don't, for example, put a flag there. Mm-hmm. Because if I put it there, that's the first thing that people think about it. And everything else just push aside. And I know that it's easier pe- for people to look at artists' works and try to read that based on its symbolic things that is there. But at least for me, I try to run away from that. <clears throat> right. And I think that even within... So I noticed that sometimes when you're when you're doing imagery of the Iranian flag from the pictures I saw, it, they'll be very, the flag will be very abstracted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're using the colors, but you're not necessarily using the shape. Yeah, exactly. I, I, a lot of time I use the red, white, green. Mm-hmm. And you can see it in my work, but I'm trying to have it like one item in my work, not the most important item. Right. <laughs> And, you know, um, I also so I mean, I'm from the United States and I still have this imposter syndrome sometimes about 
interacting with basketball as an artist or how I can make work about basketball when I'm not a basketball player even. Yeah. Um, there's this sense of like when I'm not a part of that community, how do I get to sort of comment on it or respond to it yeah. in a thoughtful way? So it's strange that there's all these different levels of sort of who gets to do what and who can, yeah. who, who has the most authority to sort of respond to something. So anyways, I just was thinking that it's crazy that, you know, that you're getting pushed back and then there's this other like for me sometimes it still is like why basketball like you're so <laughs> short like I that's it's like the silliest I mean I people say that to me that asking why am I interested in basketball I'm short it's like such a um disconnection between what can sort of get to me emotionally versus like my physical body not being yeah, ideal exactly. for dunking you know <laughs> yeah exactly I receive a lot of comments about that as well, that people immediately ask me that I'm, did I do any ice skating, gymnastic, basketball? And my first answer is that I'm not good in any kind of these sports mm-hmm. at all. And that's the reason that I work about them because I, it's like a, it's like making fun of something that mm-hmm. you don't have it, but you want just present it that that's the best thing that I can do. Yes, it's like this is how this is what I can offer. This is how I can be a part of it. It's it's um less traditional. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So, I have a couple so I want to start also with your experience moving to the United States um and your decision to pursue a master's degree in the middle of the country at University of Arkansas Fayetteville and how you came to that decision and how your experience was. I mean, the the main reason that I left Iran was that I wanted to find and discover another art world. And, of course, United States probably was one of the best choice that I had. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm still happy about my decision. And the best way for me was applying for, I mean, MFA master program and become graduate students here. And I started applying six years ago. After that, when I moved here, I mean, I, I got, I mean, the three university, I mean, I got accepted in three university, and I chose University of Arkansas for several reasons. One of them was that I look at the people's uh, works, I mean, faculties, and I find a connection between my work and them. I mean, I, a lot of people surprise when I moved them. <laughs> Because the place is not, I mean, I was at that time, I was the only international. I mean, I was, I was, the, it was two international students and I was one of them and I was the only Iranian students mm-hmm. in the whole art program. It was hard for me, but I just feel that I learned a lot from that because it was looked like that because I was the first person and I was the only person. It felt like that I opened a lot of doors. Mm-hmm to people's point of view, to Iranian and new generation of Iranian artists. My experience was good. I mean, I have a good time and bad time here, but in general, I I see it as a good experience in my life. I mean, I had an issue that, I mean, I used the word other, I mean, a couple of minutes ago, but I had an issue that people, the best way that I can describe it is that they look at me as an other mm-hmm. because we didn't have that much international students. Or they weren't familiar with me. I was like a weird person. But I was really lucky to be at, I mean, University of Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Because 
I got fully support from them when I was in any, I mean, pressure of social and political issues. Always I had someone to be, I mean, stand next to me and support me. And that was the reason that after I graduated, I started working there because I see it as a, as a different place that maybe I'm a little different than other people's there. But because the diversity, it's now the diversity, I mean, is really better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really happy about it. But at that time, it wasn't that much. But I just feel that it was the right, I mean, choice for me. Yeah, I chose the right place. And how has your relationship with sports evolved since you were, you know, growing up in Iran and your experience in Iran and then moving to the United States and experiencing sports here? Just if you could talk a little bit just overall about sports and basketball specifically, if you want. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I mean, about the sports in general, uh, when I was in Iran, I was, I mean, I'm 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 fan of soccer, and since I was child, and uh, the the reason that I mean that I start to be a fan of soccer and watch it was that I have an older brother, and when he had an exam, he asked me to sit in front of TV, watch the game, and if anything happened, I just let him know. Oh my gosh! And, yeah, <laughs> That's so smart. And it was, <clears throat> yeah, and it was like a, it was a really it was a starting point. <laughs> that I start doing that, and when it goes further and further, I just realized that I'm I start to know the role of this game. Uh, I start to know that okay, I'm a fan of this thing, but when it goes, I mean, it was the, always the idea of the competition. And the idea of how someone can try for something, I don't know, for gymnastic, someone try for four years to go to Olympic and everything can be disappear and destroy in one second. I mean, all of these things was always interesting for me that how you try hard to receive something and it disappear. Mm-hmm. And in Iran, since I was a child, till I mean a bit old, I always try to be a, I mean, good athlete. It was always failure. And I'm really happy about that mm-hmm. because now I can talk about it and my it can be parts of my work. Right. That how many, ta- how many times I try that I try to be a basketball player and it didn't work because I'm a short person. I try to play, I mean, be a gymnast. It didn't work because I'm a, in, a, in a sport, I'm a timid person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always have these little things. And after I just realized that I like it, I like it that I'm not, I mean, I'm not like a winner in these games because I can try again. It's not never end of the game. Sure. And I can be fan of this thing and I can be, look at it as my dream and fantasize it. It was, a, it, these, these, these are the reasons that I put these things together. And another thing that a lot of time I do I does I don't want to mention that first thing, but it's really part of that is that in Iran I wasn't allowed to go to a stadium. Mm-hmm. And I always I mean, I, all it was part of my I mean dream. And I know that probably if I were there it won't be as I mean amazing that I taught. Mm-hmm. But because I couldn't go there, I always have this idea that I wish I could. Yes. And my brother always, when he went to stadium, he just record the video and send it to me mm-hmm. since I was a child, a bit teenager. 
these are the reasons that when you are not allowed to do something, you just start a lot of time that love that things without knowing why. When I moved here, I could go to a stadium. I can't. Mm-hmm. No yes. one, I mean, stop me for doing that. But I don't want. Right. I don't know even. I mean, I went. But it's not something that I love to do that. Because I still feel that I want to go to a stadium in my own country for my own team. I mean, for my national team. This is the thing that, when again, when you cannot do that, you just still have a hope. That one day I will do that. Right. And it's in a lot of my work that I have an empty stadium in my work. Yes. Or, yeah. These are the, these are the things that, and still, when I'm here, I follow all the sports. I mean, a sports team and most of the competition, especially the national competition, that maybe it's a little weird for people that when I woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. to watch something. That I mean, it doesn't affect in my life, right? But, but I mean, it is a part of your, um, like the fabric of your life. Yeah, exactly, because it shaped my character mm-hmm. and it affects in my work a lot of time. I mean, some imagery comes to my mind, and I don't know where these things come from. And when I just finish the work, I just realize that oh, it looked like a, I mean, something that I watched yesterday or a week ago, right? Yes, I, it's it's that's a really interesting point about want, wanting to be in the stadium in Iran where you're not, where you have it. It has changed recently that that women are allowed to attend some yeah. games. Is that correct? Yeah, but not for all of them. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's still it's just for national. I mean, game. Mm, but okay, it was yeah. But it was it was good that it was one step forward. And another thing is that. If I want to describe my, I mean, relationship with sports and uh, moving to United States is that you try for things here over and over and over. Mm-hmm. When you try about your work, when you try to, even the status of your visa and simple things like that is literally like competition that you can be winner or loser and is, I mean, is attached to your life. Right. And I just see it a lot of time as a game that what's happened if I lose that game? Did I be a loser? Or if I win this game, what's the next one? I feel that I I feel the idea of a sport in my life I mean better and more than I moved here. And one thing that you had mentioned earlier on, and I think it relates to what you just said, is about the rules, and that when you were watching the games for your brother to update him, <laughs> you learned the rules of the game, which made you more interested. And I think that that's also just knowing the constraints and knowing what you can and can't do is a part of all of our existences. Um and especially just within art, when you get to a certain point and you decide to go against all the things that you've been taught, um, rather than following those specific rules, it it can um, it can be s- sort of empowering to push back on what is seen as a good piece of art or what you should be making, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like knowing yes. the rules is really helpful for understanding how you should play the game, but also extremely exciting to not to to say that you're sort of that you can like you're bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, another interesting part about it is that when you know them, you know how to change it. Mm-hmm, exactly. And a lot of time, I mean, when I think about it, as I mentioned in my art statement, it was like the art of the game for me. But it's a game that I want to set up all of the rules of that game. Right. And that's a, that's the a reason that when, I mean, you need to know it that you can break it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I needed to, I needed to move here, and I needed to understand that. What are the things that people wants to see from Iranian artists? When I understand it was the thing that I decided, do I want to follow that? Because, I mean, I don't say always, but a lot of time it's, it's, it's a easier way and a faster way that you become well known and famous when you use the specific symbol that people are waiting to see from Iranian artists, I mean, or artists from Middle East. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a, a lot of time, I mean, is the easiest and is the fastest way. And it was me or a lot of the, I mean, new generation artists from Iran that they decide that do they want to follow this, I mean, way, or they want to break it and try to change this point of view. Right. And was that something, at what age and at what stage in your art career did you become aware of this idea of sort of breaking the expectations or sort of pushing back on expectations and trying to form sort of a new um, way of understanding Iranian art? I mean, my work, I can't say, I cannot say that never, but most of the time it wasn't directly Mm -hmm. about, I mean, that specific symbol. But when I moved here after maybe a couple of months or a year, I just realized that how this idea really bothered me. When they look at me just just as a different person and they don't look at me as an artist Mm -hmm. and how it really bothered me when they try to read my work in a way that they want. I mean, I had the experience one time that someone looked at my work and said, oh, I totally understand it is about the whale, hijab. I say no, and the person said, "Oh yeah, I was surprised." I said, "I'm an artist. I'm the person who did that." Right. And I just be aware of that. That how I have to be even more be careful about the thing that I'm I'm using because I mean in in general and without I say anything, these people have an idea about my work mm-hmm. because of my nationality. And because of my background. And if I really don't want to do that, I need to be really careful about the things that I use. I need to think about it that how I can separate my nationality from myself and at the same time attach it. It won't be the only thing that comes to my mind and other people's mind. That was, uh, I feel that, and I feel that it helps me a lot. I feel that it helps me to go forward because Right now, when I talk about my work, I can talk about it from a different point of view. And I feel that it helps me to improve my work. It feels like such a hard thing to do to both detach yourself from your identity and bring that identity closer and yeah, speak about yeah. it. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's part of me. 
my work is is about me mm-hmm. and most of them I even imagine myself on other people's situation and my nationality is maybe the most important part of my character I spent 25 of my life I mean in Iran mm-hmm. 25 years being in, a, in, a, in in another country in your country means that it's shaped your character mm-hmm. and when I move here I mean I change but I don't think that it changed me I mean I changed that much based I mean my nationality is not something that I want to hide it mm-hmm. or I would like to hide it it's it's part of me but at the same time I'm trying to control that and see it as one layer of my work not not the main I mean subject matter in my work I think the perfect example of that for me is the the empty stadium because I spent a lot of time looking at your work and that didn't that didn't click for me that that was so much about your experience in Iran versus the idea of using a flag or using a symbol that's more widely internationally understood to represent Iran directly. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I always feel that, like a lot of artists, that when when we start looking at someone's works, maybe a little more discover a little more desired similarity mm-hmm. that got, that you can see between all of these work like when I write I I call them as a short story short poem mm-hmm. and I always is, is everything happening in fantasy and it's never have a I mean it doesn't have an end you don't see the end of the story like I in all of them Something happened, it's in my mind, it's not in reality. And all of the things that happening there are surreal. And I feel that when people read my short stories and poems, it helps them to see my work and, I mean, maybe discover different layers of that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about your LeBron James work, <laughs> um, which to me feels like a series of Valentines or something like that that you've made for LeBron James. It, they feel very sweet and very personal. And, um, and yes, so, so of course, we can't get into too much detail because anyone who's listening to this probably won't be looking at your work at the same time. But if you can describe sort of your experience making work about LeBron or for LeBron, I'm not sure which which what type of relationship you have with him but if you could describe that too yeah i mean it's it's one of the other thing that like that when i when i talk about it that i'm the best i mean i know how to do the ice skating better than everybody else mm-hmm. and i never even try that i mean it's, it's just like a fantasy i mean i never even being i mean on the space to even try that and it's just like a joke for me that mm-hmm. I wish one day I could do that. And about the collection that I call it about the LeBron James, because I I start I start talking about basketball in my work, and the, really the main reason is that because I'm not a top person, mm-hmm. and I try to be basketball player, basketball player, and was a failure. And LeBron James, for me, even when I was in Iran, it was just the name mm-hmm. of the successful basketball player. Right. 
And when I came here, I just started knowing that that it is still stuck in my mind. And when I look at the, I mean, NBA matches, I just trying to find this person. And I didn't even have a clear imagery of him. The, 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 the weird things and the humor of that for me is that, that I, I didn't have, I mean, really clear idea that who is this person? Yes. Maybe after a couple of weeks, I just start searching that who is really LeBron James that I'm making work about it. And the funniest one that when even when me and look at the and I start laughing is one of the work that when I write that the moment when LeBron James realizes falling in love with me. I mean, mm. every time when I see that, I just start laughing. I just think about that. How can how I do just fantasy right. about different things and for lebron james is not just a character of that person is about that i'm short someone is really tall i love to be a basketball player i mean a basketball player but i cannot i mean these are a little thing that i put them next to each other that how you can fantasy about something and when it goes further and further another thing that i add to it was that how people feel that these people this i mean players I mean athletes or artists are different mm-hmm. or try to show them as a different people like when I had a work that was LeBron James Sunset it was just literally like a joke yeah that how I can play with that and words is I can say that is image and word are I mean at same level important for me I try to use word in my work a lot mm-hmm. because I feel that I can give a clue to people to read my work or to understand my work. And just the word LeBron James, it was something that people start thinking about my work. And they and I, I, I love when people look at my work and start laugh. Mm-hmm. I really love that because it's my, I, I try at least that it would be my solution to deal with issues. And I mean, problem. And I feel that even it's back to my nationality, that Iranian people a lot of time, they make jokes about their problem. I have a friend that always when you talk with him, when he will be stressed out, he just start laughing. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it's just a weird reaction of, I mean, people's body. And I just feel that making fun of something a lot of time is not just related to humor. It backs to the dream. It creates a question in people's mind. And a lot of time is just like a, it's sweet and bitter at the same time. I definitely imagine LeBron James laughing when he sees those pieces. <laughs> I mean, I think he would think they were smart and cute and funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish one day it will happen. Yes, I, I am totally behind that. As well. And and one thing about the text that you brought up that I noticed too about your work is that there's so many you're working with so many different mediums and you seem very adventurous and willing to accept sort of lean into the imperfect process of learning different art mediums that you're not always gonna it's not always gonna be like the mastered um version the first time yeah. or whatever that is. And I'm just wondering if that sort of uh, ability to move between mediums and let yourself um, be sort of flexible within those spaces is something that you sort of l- lean into and come 
comes naturally or if there's like a specific decision where you're like, okay, I need to make something out of clay and I'm just going to have to do it. I mean, um, it's a good things and bad thing at the same time that I feel that I can do it even though I'm not perfect in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, using clay and ceramic, I mean, I'm at the University of Arkansas and I surrounded with master people in ceramic. Mm-hmm. My friends, faculties i mean they are they're one of the real well-known right artists who are around me and it was i mean i i suppose probably to be timid to do that and be really careful but the thing is that i have a feeling that if i want to wait to be perfect in something and after that do that it would never happen Mm -hmm. i mean i cannot wait till i learn exactly how to work with clay but I cannot wait to see how exactly I can edit my videos. Right. I mean, when, when professional pe- people in ceramic or even editing videos and these kinds of specific things that you need to learn about it, when they look at my work, if they don't know the process of that, they, it is like a panic attack for them. Because for my videos, I just literally watch YouTube videos and mm-hmm. go step by step. <laughs> and I just, is is exactly like collage that I cut something, put it somewhere else, the sound is come from. I mean, when they look at the edited file, it's like a nightmare for them. Because they just say that you are not doing it in, a, the result is correct, but you are not doing it in the right way. A lot of time I have to spend maybe triple times more than the, I mean normal time for that because i don't know how to do that and i'm just trying to discover that right. sometimes it's just literally a failure i've worked on something for months and after that i just realized that oh no the result is not good enough that i want to show it but a lot of time i mean i like the result for my ceramic pieces i like them mm-hmm. because it's the, the, the and the reason is not i when i say i like them i don't mean that they are good work or bad it just means that because I try to do something, it's, it's different. And then you look at it, probably you will understand that this person has a little knowledge about ceramic. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I like it, that is not perfect. And even about my collage, I love collage because you can edit it over and over and mm-hmm. over. You can do something, I mean, cut it paste it somewhere else and move it this is a thing that i like it that i don't need i mean i never can start i mean work for and i have a plan that okay i start on this day that's the first layer second layer the other step and go to the end it never happened to me mm-hmm. i mean a lot of time i wish but it never happened to me that i always has to destroy it and make it again a lot of my work is just cut and paste the collage one are the cut and paste from my previous work mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm working in my studio and i just look at a piece of a paper and just say that okay i don't feel that that's a good work right now i can just cut it and paste it in another i mean glue to another piece of the paper and using different medias for me it's just that i don't want to get bored in something Sure. And I'm not trying to be perfect in painting, drawing. I know that probably is not a good thing, uh, but I, I don't want. It's not, it's not my, the thing that I think about it, that I want to perfect in this for this. You know, I want to spend, I don't know, 10 years of my life mm-hmm. to just doing that, that at the end I'd be perfect. 
because a lot of time I just see that the thing that I want to talk about it, I can show it in my videos better than my painting mm-hmm. or drawing or ceramic or a lot of times vice versa that ceramic I just feel that I can show that weird things that they look that they are not perfect but they help you a little I mean the humor a lot of time I just feel that ceramic helped me a lot because I my knowledge about ceramic that I never hesitate to say that is is maybe 10 percent <laughs> really 10%. No, but isn't I think that's another thing that's so pow- powerful is that that you're you're giving yourself a lot of permission to to um do what you exactly what you need to do at that time to make this specific work without thinking about w- where that work falls in like this grand trajectory of s- the ceramics, you know, of the rest yeah, of the yeah. ceramics. Yeah, that's the thing that, I mean, I like it. I Again, I don't say that it's good or no, mm-hmm. or of course, maybe I was p- professional in ceramic. The result of my work could be made maybe better or faster or always like a winner. But for me, maybe 50% of the time I have to throw them away mm-hmm. or I have to destroy them. And even a lot of my work, I mean, I try to do something. The result is not a thing that I like it. I have to change it, and after that, I like the result. Mm-hmm. If I want to give you the simplest example that a lot of time, I mean, when I think about it, I still laugh, and I never hide it from people, is that I have a piece. It's a concrete basketball piece, and it has a butterfly between two pieces that create that ball. Mm-hmm. And the reason was that I was trying to do something else out of clay and I I start doing that I build a lot of things everything was perfect by accident I put I mean cement on the like what's the name is that like um, I created like a model 3D mm-hmm. model of that basketball and I put a, a cement on that and I just say that it's okay I can just put it back but the moment when I realized it it was too late and I just, everything is stuck together. Yeah. And I just look at it and say that, oh, I try to work on it for a couple of weeks. And I just say, that, okay, I can wait to see what's happened. When I tear it apart, it was, and the problem was that it's not empty. It's a super heavy ball. Mm-hmm. And I just put it in front of myself. I just say, okay, I have two options. I can either throw it away. It's a concrete ball. And the other thing is that I can think about it to see that do I like it or not. I I feel that I like it. I like it because it's it's just a useless ball. Yeah. I made a ball out of concrete that no one can play with that. And how ridiculous it is for me. And it was literally a failure. Mm -hmm. But I just decided to think about it that I accepted that it's failure. I never hide a story from anyone. But... I want to use it. I want to use it as a, accept it as a good art piece mm-hmm. for myself. These are the things that I, exper- I I try different things and a lot of time the result is not perfect. But that's the thing that gives me an energy to continue working. Sure. And there's another piece that is a ceramic piece with a lot of broken basketballs. And yeah. there's the word you made clay letters, and they spell out the word unreachable. 
Mm -hmm. And I was wondering about that piece because I use the word reach all the time in relation to my artwork about basketball. It's like everything is a reach. It's like my artwork about basketball is a reach because I'm reaching towards the game. I'm trying to be a part of the game. (laughs) And basketball players are always reaching. They're reaching for each other. They're reaching for the hoop. It's just a game filled with with reaching but I've never I'm not thinking about the un the unreachable unreachable um so when I saw that word that you had made I was just so interested in it and also just thinking that when not everything is reachable um and some things are unreachable and I've been focusing so much on on reaching that I didn't think about about what you can't reach yeah I mean it's a lot of time I use the word like unreachable, loser, lovely loser, this work in these words in my life, but I mean in my work, but none of them has a negative I mm-hmm. mean meaning for me. One part is about the humor, the other part is that I always when I talk about my work or when I write about my work, I just mention that when I talk about the game, I just think that what's happened if I if I be a winner? Would it be the end of the game? What should I have to do after that? If I don't have anything to try, do I have to start over? And I mean, I always try to prefer to be a loser and start a game mm-hmm. instead of I just be a winner and it would be just done. And for the word unreachable was exactly the moment that I was trying to discover that how I can use clay. Mm-hmm. And I just play with it and I just think about it that how always I use word in my work and I just say that okay I can just be really positive and pretend that I know how to do that or I can be realistic and show to people that I'm not hiding that a lot of time I'm a loser and I don't hesitate because to say that and that was the main reason that I start playing with the words like loser or unreachable because unreachable for me it doesn't mean that the only reason that I use this word is that it makes me happy that is not the end of the game yes I mean I think that that is this other idea of the word unreachable it it also it doesn't mean that you're not trying Mm-hmm. So th- those words can sort of coexist, that you can try and something can be unreachable, unre- unreachable, but you can try again. Yeah, exactly. That you always still have hope that is something that I can fight for it. Mm-hmm. Because that's the other part that even a lot of time I use the word hopeless in my work or useless in my work but again these are the things that they give you when you when you lost something it give you motivation because good or bad i a lot of time i think about that i'm from a country that i literally fight for every single thing that i want in my life i fight to have freedom i try to I don't know, be an artist, mm-hmm. I try to don't be a traditional Iranian artist. I try and fight to run away from the symbolic things that people want to see in my life. And I just feel that is part of my character, that when you are not, when you were born in a, because I'm Iranian, I feel that I'm allowed to say that that not a really normal country, 
you just learn about that how you have to fight for the things that you want. No one will give it to you. I mean, human rights is not something in, unfortunately, is not something in my country that people just say, okay, yeah, that's your, that's your right. Mm-hmm. You have to literally fight for that. And maybe the fight won't be fighting in the street, but the fight is that is your, I mean, everyday life. Even here, because of my nationality, I mean, a lot of times I see weird reaction from people. Mm-hmm. And I have two options. One of them is I just accept it. The other one is that hide my nationality. And the last one is that look at it, I mean, hear it. If I can show the reaction, show the reaction. If I cannot show the reaction immediately, I can just talk about it in my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it, it's so important for me to hear this from you directly about how your art can provide some kind of space for you to express all of the things you just said and also just to identify for you to identify the experience that you have from the place that you're from I I mean there's so much it's just it's so valuable to to hear you talk about where where you're from rather than come up with ideas about where you're from if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. It it totally makes sense because, I mean, a lot. I mean, most of the time, my work is just reflect of my. I mean, everyday life. I have, I have a video that the title is "Can You Hear Me," and the whole video is that the person who is sitting in front of me is trying to say my name quickly, <laughs> and that person cannot. Right. And that's and the reason it does it never bothers me. I, I always make fun of my first name and last name. I just say I have one of the weirdest names. It's impossible, literally impossible for people to say that. I actually, like I practiced it out loud. I tried to <laughs> before I called you. So, But I was going to double check with you at the end about your last name just to make sure, sure that I say it right. Sure. And the reason that I made that video was that I like it. I see this joke. A lot of times people cannot, I mean, to try to do that. And I, I never hesitate to say that, oh, by the way, the thing that exactly I told you before we started that I have a weird accent. It never bothers me if you don't understand my words. When I teach in a class, that's the first thing that I say to my students mm-hmm. first. They just say, oh, guys, I have a weird accent. If you don't understand something, let me know. I am aware of that. But when people just trying to, like, judge me because of my accent or they try to show me that they don't understand it, it, I'm, I'm a human. It's easily to bother me. And the source of that video come from a day that one day I was in a bank and I was talking with that person. And the guy would just keep telling me that I don't understand it. Sorry, where are you from? And it bothers me a lot. Mm-hmm. When I back to my studio, I just write down that how I can show it in my work. And the first thing that comes to my mind was that I can show it in a video. How I can do that? Can I make fun of that? Or how can I make fun of that, but still show that what's what's a what's the meaning behind that? Mm-hmm. And again, and after that, the next step was that I was trying to reflect that exact day in my life, in my work. Just okay, the problem was that they have issue with my accent. It was funny, and at the same time, I when I left that place, I cry, and everything was double. And when you look at the video, 
person's trying to say my name is a little weird, maybe a little funny, and I overlap two pictures that when you look at it, it looks like that when you have tears in your eyes and look at something and everything looks up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never go to the details when I talk about my work, but I mean, I want to just say that, that where these, I mean, decisions come from. Yes. And for me, even hearing you say that you have a weird accent, I want to say, no, it's not weird. You're from a different country and you actually speak two languages as far as I know. And of course you have an accent because you're from a different place. Like this idea of even, and I mean, I think you, of course, get to use whatever language around describing your accent to people that you want. But I, I just also want to say that I don't speak two languages fluently. Like I'm, just, <laughs> I'm I don't um I don't know if weird is the word I would use as much as just um yeah, you're from Iran and you have an accent when you speak English. <laughs> yeah. But yes, thank you. I just I, I appreciate all of your thoughts and your willingness to yeah, just just I sort of identify these things for for me. It's very, very valuable. I really enjoy our conversation. Thanks a lot. Yes, and I really just appreciate your, yeah, like I said before, it's just, um, I think it's so, it's really important that we share our different experiences with each other, but I also don't want people to feel like I'm asking them questions because I want certain information from them, you know, and like they're the only ones that I can get it from and all this stuff. So I think it's just through artwork, it's so, it's such a good way way to access all of this stuff. Um, And also, like you said, like add humor and add uh, these other sort of fun aspects that normally when you're like, like the way that Iran is represented in the mainstream media in the United States, like there isn't any humor. We're not thinking about that because that's the way that, Iran is like sold to us being a certain way. So I just I I want to push back on that as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is exactly our my reaction. Yeah. I know I'm so sorry about the mainstream media in the United States. It sucks. <laughs> it, it 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 has completely ruins like every other place or tries to, it seems. Yeah. All right. Well thank you so much for making thank this time, Mary. So Have a wonderful day. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye.